Welcome into the 3D Dynasty Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks contest content, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe locking, lead pipe locking for par- parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for 100% deposit bonus today. What's going on? We are, this is week one of preseason. We're ready to go. We got the expo this weekend and fantasy football season is right around the corner. The redraft crew is finally joining us and we're going to talk about some veteran trade targets today. And so uh, your redrafters and you try dynasty, you probably draft them way too high. Uh, But these guys, they can be the difference between a playoff team and a championship team. And so we're going to talk about them. And one of the best part about some of these veterans is the value. And so we're going to talk about that today. But first, we're going to do a dynasty dilemma. And it's just a quick little topic. I want to talk to you guys about slow drafts. And so I'm a, I'm a dad. I've got a busy job. I, I try to do a fast Scott Fishbowl uh, mock draft like one time. I'm like, nope, I'm on auto. I just can't do it. You read two emails and miss miss a pick. And so I like slow drafts. And I'm not the guy that Brad gets on the clock and I'm going tagging him and sending the gifts and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but when, when a guy's on the clock for eight hours or he's on the clock for seven hours and 50 minutes, then it pauses over midnight. And then he's on, on for, for another seven hours. That's what I'm like. Come on, man. Like, you know, you're drafting. And so Brad, Brad and I are in a league, and uh, I was on – I my last pick was three days ago. And I did a, I, my, I did a pick today. It's only a 12-man team, not 32-man league. Oh. And uh, I told Brad I probably could have flew around the country, um, maybe learned how to fly a plane, um, made friendship bracelets for each one of my league mates and players, um, learned French, um, learned how to cook Italian, um, there's a lot of things I could have done in three days, and uh, make a draft pick was not one of them. So, Brad, where does it come to you as far as you know if your if your draft takes two days to do one round, does that drive you crazy? It absolutely does, and uh, you know it got a little chippy in Scott Fishbowl. We had a, a individual that was consistently every round waiting until 30 seconds or less was left on his clock and then making a pick, right? And I know, you know, when guys are doing that, they're looking for that news advantage. They're waiting for it. They're using as much clock as possible with the hopes that some news around a player will drop that will move ADP around and give them a little bit of an advantage. I absolutely despise long drafts. Because of that, I would much rather figure out a time and a place that you can get together with your buddies and do it live or you do it at night where everybody's off of work and everybody agrees. You know, you're it's easy when you're in leagues with friends and people that, you know, it's a lot harder when, you know, the league that we're talking about, you got people all over the world. Right. So that does make it a little bit more challenging and understand the need to or the necessity to do long drafts. I definitely don't like it. And I definitely don't like it when people wait an entire eight hours and then also might use the clock reset because of when the clock freezes overnight. Yeah. And this one, the clock gets an additional like 
uh, 12 hours uh, whenever it goes at night in uh, UK. And so um, we had a guy that was on the clock for 16 hours. And then Alvin Kamara's suspension news came and his next pick was Alvin Kamara. And he says, I feel lucky. Um, uh, uh, you weren't that lucky. Uh, sure you do, buddy. Yeah. And so even if it wasn't intentional, I don't know if people are that strategic that they're waiting for news or they're just not caring and just not checking it. Um, but I, I definitely, uh, I think it's something. So let me know what you guys think. Nate, what's up, man? If you uh, are in, you prefer slow drafts or regular, you know, sit down for two hours, knock it out. Let me know what your preference is. And uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about some veterans, but before we get into the veterans, I think uh, you want to talk about something, Brad? Hey, look, everybody likes the show. Everybody likes listening to Dave and myself and J-Mark and Miranda and Emerson and Bruni and all the other guys at the SGPN Network. And the best way to help support is to sign up for our Patreon. That gives you exclusive access to contests, including the NFL win totals, with $1,000 going to first place. So besides our season-long contests that we just talked about, we also have weekly contests just for you, our patrons. Plus, you get a monthly SGP Stories podcast completely ad-free with behind-the-scenes stories from yours truly at SGPN. There's even a Discord channel that is just for y'all. So, look, we just want to get away from corporate gambling. So, do your part and sign up. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Hey, that's good, boy. Hey, that's good, boy. Hit that subscriber button. And, uh, yeah, shout out to J-Mark. We got our Dynasty Trade Value chart open. So if you're looking for something, it's free to use. All of our content's free. I got a few articles out there. Brad's got some articles out there. Redraft. Uh, we got Dynasty articles. We got Best Ball articles. Rankings are updated. We're ready to go. Let's look at some ADP. And so um, this is from RT Sports. And what we want to do is kind of find some veterans. And so for me, when I'm looking for veteran trade targets, the longer the value of like this guy's going to be in the league three or four years, it's going to cost you more. It's not going to cost you the same to acquire a, a 25 or 26 year old veteran versus a 30, 31 year old veteran. And a good way to kind of just see what that value is in your league is just looking directly at the ADP or looking at your league draft. If a guy dropped to the seventh or eighth round in your draft, probably not going to have a whole lot of value. So, you know, looking at this is, you know, this right here is uh Superflex Dynasty. Kirk Cousins is going in around pick 30. He's going 29.74 right next to his buddy Amon Ross St. Brown. Not right next to his buddy, right next to Amon Ross St. Brown. So, Brad, what are your thoughts here on Kirk Cousins? 34. Um, the thoughts are that if this guy doesn't start winning some playoff games, they're going to move on to somebody else. Um, doesn't mean he doesn't go somewhere else. I mean, Kirk Cousins could end up being the San Francisco 49ers quarterback next year or go somewhere else next year. But what are your thoughts about Kirk Cousins as your, you know, as your QB one? Uh, well, I mean, considering he's been a QB one for like seven of the last nine years or something ridiculous like that, I'm comfortable with it. Am I, is that a long-term answer? Absolutely not. I uh, would be much more comfortable with him as my QB two. But if I'm in a, if I got a super old roster, I've kind of let it get out of hand. I got a bunch of guys that are, you know, past the running back age cliff and 29, 30 year old wide receivers and my quarterbacks of 34, 35 years old. I'm okay with Kirk Cousins being my QB one because look, past this year, I'm going to have to reevaluate my entire strategy anyway. But look, the guy is a stud. He's been good. You know when you cannot play him. You know when you can play him. If it's prime time, you bench Kirk Cousins. Just don't do it. If he's playing at 1 o'clock, money. Just throw him in your lineup. You're comfortable. You're good. He's giving you top 10 weekly fantasy upside uh, with the likes of Justin Jefferson and uh, TJ Hawkinson, newly acquired addition in Jordan Addison. They got KJ Osborne to stretch the field a little bit. And now we hope that, that running back room kind of 
actually digresses a little bit is kind of what I'm hoping and where now we lean on Kirk Cousins a little bit more to throw the ball because maybe the run game doesn't come to fruition like it did with Dalvin Cook. I, you know, if you've listened to the show, Dave and I have had a little bit of a disagreement around Alexander Madison. I am not on that hype train at all. So I do think the the uh, Minnesota Vikings are going to end up throwing the ball a little bit more than uh, what we have seen in the past, which is a lot. They've always they've thrown the ball quite a bit with Kevin O'Connell uh, in the in the head coaching realm there. But I do I do think Kirk Cousins is definitely a guy I'm willing to go and get and be comfortable with in my RB or my QB one spot right now. What are some trades right now involving Kirk Cousins? What's he cost? All right, so this is where it starts to get interesting because you you got to make a decision here. So, Kirk Cousins, or maybe another guy we might talk about, Geno Smith. So this just comes down to rankings. And so <laughs> these one-for-one one quarterback and receiver deals, I mean, it just comes down to your rankings. Um, Geno Smith is younger, and I know that Justin Jefferson's there, but, I mean – Gino does have the, the situation where he's got probably the best three receivers as far as, you know, a combination of receivers in the league. Um, maybe not, you know, as good as Justin Jefferson, but his three pack is pretty dang good. Um, I think both are, are good options. And and for me, I got them right in the same tier. And so yeah. I probably, I think I have Kirk Cousins one or two spots ahead of Gino, but Gino's two years, you know, he's two years younger. So um, I'm good with either of them. Yeah. I mean, from a longevity perspective, I think the scoring is going to be similar uh, for both of these folks. So I'd go with Gino who is, you know, three to four years younger. So uh, would you rather have Kirk cousins or the two Oh three cousins? Easy, easy. Now here's where it starts to get a little interesting in what you want to do, right? And I go back to the conversation, uh, you know, a comment I made earlier around what is the status of my team? Am I trying to win right now because of certain things that could have happened on my roster? So would you rather have Kirk Cousins and a first or Kyler Murray? Yeah, if you're rebuilding, then, you know, you're looking at, so Kirk Cousins and a first or Kyler Murray? Correct. Yeah, like Kyler Murray, I just don't think he plays much this year. And if he does, I don't think he's running around like an angry toddler that stole something. Um, he's he's going to be in bubble wrap. Like I just don't see why there's any motivation for the Cardinals to rush him out there and put him in any harm's way. And so Kirk Cousins, if you're a win-now team, Kyler Murray um, – I think that's too much. I think too much right now. You're getting a, a first um, and Kirk Cousins. Like I'd rather, I'd rather Kirk Cousins side. Yeah, I don't think it matters my roster construction. To be honest, uh, I I'm gonna be able to stay young with that first. I'm gonna be able to compete with Kirk Cousins. Where with Kyler, I may not be competing this year. And they do have a new coaching staff. Is Jonathan Gannon gonna keep Kyler Murray and continue on that path? There's already been the rumblings around how the organization, you know, maybe they tried to or denied that they tried to. Did they like they're clearly not the happiest with Kyler Murray. So there is some inherent risk with that. So whether I'm competing or trying to rebuild, I'm totally fine with this deal because. Again, I have that 2024 first on top of Kirk Cousins. So I think this is a really good deal, you know, basically return that you can get for Kyler Murray right now. So uh, the next player that we got on the board um, is uh, probably Geno Smith. Um, so you're looking at Kirk Cousins right here, Geno Smith at 36. You're getting um, a six, six, you know, six spot discount, really not much different. Um, so what are some trades right now for Geno Smith? He's a lot cheaper than I expected him to be. Uh, Geno Smith for Andy Dalton and a 2024 second. Wow. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, Geno Smith and a third for Gabe Davis and Michael Thomas. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Um, Geno Smith and DeAndre Hopkins for Roshan Johnson and KJ Hamler. Uh, and a 2025 first round pick. Yeah. I, like, uh, like 
He's very affordable. Now, I don't know that this is happening in a more savvy dynasty league. Like, I don't think you're going to get Geno Smith that cheap. I think you're going to be looking more at something like maybe some of these other trades at the bottom where you're packaging Geno Smith and Bryce Young to go get Justin Herbert, right? That is more something that I think in your savvier dynasty league, you're going to see, you're going to have to make moves like that. Uh, if you're trying to unload Geno Smith. And and I love that move, um, doing that. We talked about that on the previous show. You can check it out, Dynasty Trade Reviews. We talked about how to package players and, and trade up, as well as how to, you know, do a two-for-one and, and, you know, diversify your assets and trade down. But that's that's exactly what I would do. What about Aaron Rodgers? What's he cost these days? Aaron Rodgers. All right, so me for me, there. after this conversation, Geno Smith would be a target over Cousins because of the value. And I have them very similarly ranked. I think they, they finish very similar. They don't have top five, top six upside, but they're going to be right in that 10 to 12 range pretty much all season. Yeah. This, some of these are, are very odd. This is tough. Let me, let me weed through. Cause the first couple that I saw was Aaron Rodgers for Carson Wentz and a third uh, that happened on the August the 5th. Um, Aaron Rodgers for Diami Brown in a second. Like these don't sound like super flex leagues. And so right. yeah, um, here, let me actually hang on. Let me make sure my filters. And good. so that's something, you know, when you're checking, there we go. When you're checking ADP exactly and doing all that stuff, make sure you're, you're checking those things. You can definitely uh, see right. some things a little different. This, this makes a little more sense. Okay. And, and I think this would be a tougher one for you. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Khalil Herbert in a second? Uh, it just depends on roster construction. I doubt that I need Khalil Herbert. And if I need Khalil Herbert on my team, I'm probably not a championship team. So I shouldn't, you know. But Aaron Rodgers, I'd rather have him because I feel like he is the more valuable piece. And if I have Aaron Rodgers as my third quarterback, like I'm comfortable being like, okay, I'm going to trade you for a lesser quarterback and something else. Or I'm feeling really good about Aaron Rodgers as my third quarterback. But Khalil Herbert okay. like, likely is not one of my top three running backs. Okay, so let me put you in a little bit different situation now. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers and a second or Javante Williams? Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a hmm. An- yeah, well, what, I, what I'm going to prefer to do is parlay play. Um, we're brought to you by parlay play, and parlay play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlay player props. Football season is right around the corner, and parlay play – Love all of your favorite player props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas. Plus, our good friends up north, Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. Hey, and when you sign up with our code, you'll get a sweet bonus when you get started. A Parlay Play is like, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Head over to ParlayPlay.io and use promo code SGP for 100% deposit bonus up to hundred dollars. That's parlayplay.io promo code SGP. And so back to your question, Aaron Rodgers second or Javante Williams? Is that uh, high enough in your rankings to make that move? So your your comment around the Khalil Herbert is if I need Khalil Herbert, probably not a championship caliber squad. So would Javante Williams move that needle for you a little bit? It, it that's that's the direction of my team. So if I'm a rebuilding team, then yeah, that's a good move because in two years. Javante Williams, you know, should be a better value than Aaron Rodgers in a second. Right now, I prefer Aaron Rodgers. Like, I just, I I think a J.K. Dobbins 2022 would be a good season for Javante Williams right now. He tore multiple ligaments in his, in his knee. The risk of injury is up. The risk of him not starting, his, not starting the season um, is up. Like, there's just, there's just concerns about Javante Williams this year, and I'm really... Uh, I'm tentative about it, but I do think that in 2024, Javante Williams got more value than Aaron Rodgers. So um, I just don't think he's going to be able to help your team win this year. And Aaron Rodgers could. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm taking the Javante Williams side, regardless of the roster. I, so I, I do think, feel like there's a little bit of a difference between Javante Williams versus JK Dobbins, right? When we go back and you look at JK Dobbins in the, the uh, uh, mini camps and OTAs and training camp, he did not look healthy. 
Javante Williams is in pads and looks healthy right now. They say he's going to play in the preseason. He is not a, he is not a non-contact player in camp right now, in practice. Like, he is a full go right now. Now, I do not disagree that there are likely to be a hamstring, a calf strain, something associated with that leg uh, because of the injuries uh, and the conditioning and all that. There's the things that are going to happen as he repairs and, and gets back into form. But um, I just like his, where his health is at right now. Those red flags, I get it. It was multiple tears, but the red flags aren't as big to me right now as they were for J.K. Dobbins looking at at the tape side by side right now. So that makes sense. So let's let's move this to the running back position. Um, well, actually, Jared Goff's on there. What's Jared Goff cost right now? All right, let's say Jared Goff. So let me make sure this one's on Superflex since it took filter off again. Uh, all right, Jared Goff and a second, or Sam Howell, Brandon Cooks, and Rondale Moore. Pretty, pretty easy. Pretty easy, right? We're going Jared Goff there? Yeah. Uh, again, I was checking. All right. Jared Goff and Jaden Reed, one of your favorite rookie wide receivers coming out, or Elijah Mitchell and one of my favorite wide receivers coming out, Jordan Addison. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's looking heavy on the other side. So, um, yeah, that one, that one's tough because um, you're looking at basically Jared Goff for the 107 and then Jaden Reed for who was the other player? Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, and so I would definitely take Jaden Reed over Elijah Mitchell and Goff for the 107. I just I I would probably take Goff in this situation. I like Jordan Addison, but I would take the Goff side because I do think I do think Jaden Reed's a good play. But I really think that Goff is a very solid QB too, and he's got a great situation. I, I you know, it sucks that Jamison Williams will not be playing for the first six weeks, but I like the pieces around him. And I mean, I just think this team is invested in him and he's 28 years old. If you could get him in that offense with Jameer Gibbs and all those other pieces, Monroe St. Brown, Jamison Williams, Sam Laporta. I'm yeah, I'm going that if it's super flex. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I, th I think the, the way I look at this is if I'm going to move a starting caliber quarterback, it's 28 years old uh, and is top 10, top 12 upside. I need something more than number twos. So I'm getting the number two running back, maybe, knock on wood, in Elijah Mitchell. And I'm getting the number two wide receiver, but likely the number three option in the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go with the sure thing and Jared Goff at that point. So uh, while I do love the and understand the comparison of Goff to the 107, once they're once they're drafted, like that 107 almost doesn't matter to me anymore. Now it's situation-based, where are they at? Um, now, we've talked about using startup ADP as, as kind of a gauge to trade offers, but I'm definitely leaning Goff on this one as well. Let's let's do one more. I got one more for you. Uh, Jared Goff for Quentin Johnston and Evan Hull. So just just to kind of put in, hey, there is all this Jonathan Taylor news and Evan Hull hype, and he's the backup. And are you buying that enough to put him on top of Quentin Johnston to move Jared? No, Goff? and and I I've I've been on a, um, a couple shows talking about Indianapolis Colts with people and. I asked a lot of people who their last pick was in the draft in the Scott Fishbowl, and a lot of people said Evan Hull, and they just were like promoting this guy to the backup running back for the Colts. And before Zach Moss broke his arm, I think Zach Moss was the backup, and I think Deion Jackson was his backup, and Evan Hull, he's the backup to the backup to the backup. And yep. so I just I think Evan Hull is uh, more of a pass catcher. Um, he's you know got average traits. And uh, I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, a dynamic player in the, in the, you know, in the league. So I, I don't really value him much. Quentin Johnston is like the same pick or different, you know, right after Jordan Addison. So I'll take golf. That one's pretty uh, 
still it, pretty it's easy a for me. Good example of how to take advantage of news and situations. I'm I would be willing to bet that the owner of Jared Goff was the guy that had Jonathan Taylor. So they went out, they have a whole owner, went to the JT owner and said, Hey, all this news, I've got Evan Hull. I need a quarterback. Let's figure it out. What would you need on top of Evan Hull to make it happen? And the guy said, I'll, I'll take your first round pick in Quentin Johnston. Done. Sold. Signed, sealed, delivered. Great move if that's what you did. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, definitely take advantage of the news. I mean, people overreact. And I'll say don't ignore news. Like, you can't ignore it. Like, but I, I did, I had one rookie draft, no, two rookie drafts last year that were in August, and all my other rookie drafts were in May. And it was way different. And oh, Garrett yeah. Wilson, I got him in the eighth. I, got, I mean, set, I got him in, at the 108, 107, Chris Olave, and people were putting uh, Sky Moore and, and Traylon Burks and James Cook and George Pickens above them because of the preseason hype. And, you know, um, remember just a few years ago, Jamar Chase can't catch a ball unless it's got stripes on it. Um, you can't separate. I mean, you just, you, you can't, I'll say this. If you see videos and someone looks bad and you know, it's probably one or two highlights. If you continuously see bad things, then that's bad because they don't really talk about players that are doing bad, yeah. but they typically will say, oh, this guy looks really bad in camp and throw and show one throw. You um, need to find the beat reporters that you trust. That, that yeah. That's what you need to do. That's the and, best way and, to go. Uh, and the players are always going to talk each other up, and the, and the coaches talk each other up. So it, it's it's hard, but the preseason games, um, you know, just keep your eye to the, you know, keep your eye on things, especially with injuries and stuff. I would just kind of look with these running backs to see, who is going to be the second man up? Because that's how you can figure out the depth chart and, yep. uh, you know, go from there. But running backs, Derrick Henry is a very interesting one. I feel like if you have Derrick Henry, he's probably more value to you than he is on the trade market. Um, this guy's, he's taken about a thousand, uh, a thousand touches. And that doesn't even include times where they faked it to him and two linebackers crushed him. Uh, I mean, this guy's gotten a, a ridiculous amount of workload. He just had a foot injury. He's over the age apex. He's 29. I believe he's 29. I mean, I, I know he looks like he's built in a lab, but at some point, Father Time's going to come in. Derrick Henry at 33 in Superflex ADP is higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, you're talking that's a third-round pick you got to spend on him late third for a guy that at most is giving you two more years, maybe um, yeah, has already me, uh, started to see a little bit of injury. So let me hit the refresh button on here and make sure that we got, <laughs> I think their super flex is not dynasty. So this is dynasty. And so looking down here, you got Derrick Henry at 43, which is much different. And so you're seeing Derrick Henry and Javante Williams right next to each other. Damian Pierce is actually above both of them. So that's kind of the range. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're in your one quarterback leagues was typically the 102, 103. Um, Derrick Henry is not worth the 102, 103. And the ADP says he is. So what are some trades for Derrick Henry right now? Uh, there's some interesting ones, most of which include him in a package deal. So something like a, uh, Derek Henry and Hayden Hurst for Rashad White and a third, right? So you're going to a much younger running back, but you're packaging some stuff in there. Uh, Derek Henry and Juju Smith-Schuster for Najee Harris. Uh, Dave, how do you feel about that one? Nah, I'll, I'll I'll take the Najee Harris side. Yep, yep. I think that's a pretty pretty straightforward one. Um, if you get Derrick Henry or the one ten, where do you stand there? Um, I, 
it depends on who is on the board. You're looking at like Zay Flowers or Dalton Kincaid. So Andre Miller. Like, yeah. Mm. So I, I would prefer I would prefer to have Derrick Henry if my team was legit competing. Um, but I also you could get the 110 and you can flip it for a 24 first. You can you can flip for other things. And so it just depends on the situation for me. I would prefer Henry if I'm a competing team. I know he's an older player, and I know that I can't get much more for him, but he's going to do a lot more for me this year than uh, you know Dalton Kincaid or Zay Flowers. So, so I want to give you one more trade, and there's a there's a reason behind this that we'll get to here in just a second. Uh, would you rather have Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup, or Khalil Herbert, DPJ, as in Donovan Peoples Jones, and the one eleven? Um, so you're basically looking at Cooper. Yeah. The Cooper cup and Derrick Henry side. I mean, it's not even close, right? Yeah. To me. Now go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to break it apart and say, you know, Cooper cup for Herbert and DPJ, and then you get one eleven for Henry. Yeah. So, so the reason I brought this one up is not because I think it's a trade that you should go look at or think about it's, when you are selling vets, do not package them together. Sell them individually. And Dave, I don't know how you feel about this, but if I'm selling off major older assets, I want to get every ounce and every penny that I can out of them. And I'm not going to do that in a package deal. I'm giving a discount, basically. So try not to do that as, just one at a time. If you're selling those guys, hundred percent agree. There's so many times where I put a guy on the block and then someone counters with like three players and they, they add like a second round pick. And I'm like, no, I yep. wanted a first round pick for this one player. And I'm probably going to want a first round pick for these other two players. I'm not going to add them to it. And you add a second. Yep. And if, and you know, this guy probably, if he does offer me multiple first, probably going to be future first so like if you're okay with spreading it out that's fine but like you're also looking at your you know there are some times where the guy's got 17 first and you know four of them are next year and you can get multiple picks next year and that that's okay but like again you're probably not going to maximize your value and you're probably going to be looking at spreading it out long term versus getting you know you know getting more from it and so another thing i'll say is be patient um, a lot of times, you know, right now and during your rookie drafts, people had no like no interest in Derrick Henry. And that's why people were getting 111 and 110 for him because they weren't being patient. But week one, when he goes out and puts 29 put points on the Texans, you're going to be able to sell him for a lot more. Yep. And so um, veterans – Usually that's how it works. Like people want to acquire veterans after the rookie draft. So if you're a rebuilding team, like don't be like, okay, I'll just take a second form because nobody else wants anything. Wait it out. And so right now there's still dynasty leagues that haven't had rookie drafts. So there's still um, dynasty startups that are going on right now. Just don't trade your running backs, your future running backs for um, little right now because it's preseason wait until the first week and and you know maximize that value because you're not going to have you know you're not going to have so many uh pieces to sell yep so that I got one more running back i want to i want to bring up before we move on to the wide receivers you good with that yep so so james connor is the big name i want to bring up little bit older guy, bell cow right now. There's really not much of a challenge behind him. Um, had some injury concerns early on in his career, but I'm going to put us, I, I want to do it a little bit differently this time. So let's put us in a situation. Let's say you've got a contending roster and your RB2 was Alvin Kamara. So let's say you've got, I don't know, you've got Derrick Henry or you've got CMC. You've got a stud RB1 and you just lost Alvin Kamara for three games. Would you pay a second round pick for James Conner in that type of situation? Yeah, I think a second round pick is fine. If you said first, I've been out. Late first, I'm out. Yep. 
Second round pick is fine. Um, there's a lot of second round picks that hit, but there's a lot of second round picks that don't. Would you, would you pay a second and a third? Would you pay a couple seconds? Like where does the, where's the line at in that type of situation where I need an RB2, I've got Justin Jefferson, I've got Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin, I've got, you know, Evan Ingram or TJ Hawkinson, like I'm solid everywhere except for that RB2 slot. I'd say that two seconds is too much. When I get to the point that I say I can get a better player for what I'm paying, I'm going to move on. I'm not going to pay for for Cooper Cup and get, you know, and get James Conner. Yep. And so um, I'm just going to look and see what I'm paying. If I'm like, all right, if it's going to cost that much, I'd rather this player. And they're like, no, 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 he's off the table. Okay. Well, that's where I'm at. I'm going to yeah. go shopping elsewhere. Um, a third, yeah. if that's got him, if that's what's going to happen, yeah, I'll, I'll find another way to acquire a third. Uh, that'll be fine. But like, I'm okay doing that. I will say this I like James Conner, and we haven't necessarily broken down some of these players. I just, I want to temper expectations. I think people see this and they say, there's no Kyler Murray, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to get a billion carries and a billion fantasy points. And, and that could be trouble. Um, we don't know what the offense is going to look like. Cliff Kingsbury's not there. Under Cliff Kingsbury, there was a lot of targets to the running back. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, production to the running back, back to Kenyon Drake. We don't know if that's going to be the case here. And so um, this offense can be really bad, and we don't know when Kyler Murray's returning. So I just want to temper expectations. Um, and James Conner's also had a history of, of – getting injuries when he gets a lot of volume. So um, you go and trade two second round picks for him and then he gets hurt or he just, it doesn't, you know, look as good as you thought it was. And you're like, man, I could have got Miles Sanders. Yeah. What you, what you kind of hope, I think in the James Conner world, if you're looking for positive reason is, so the OCs drew Petzing, right? He was the quarterback coach in Cleveland the last few years. So when you think about what Cleveland has been, They've been a running football team. That's what he's been around the last three seasons is a team that leans on the run. So do you now, while he was not calling plays, that's the offense he is. He was around. So does he bring some of that philosophy with him to Arizona and say, hey, look, we've got a running back that can do it all. Now, I'm not comparing James Conner to Nick Chubb, but we've got a running back that can run between the tackles. And he can catch the ball. So do we feed him and the offense runs through James Conner? Makes things a little bit easier for Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon or whoever the quarterback is going to be for that team and just funnel everything through him and, you know, okay, now we can make a dump off here. We can include Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. Maybe now we start to ease Michael Wilson in, that type of thing. So I do think there's a narrative out there for James Conner to have a very good season. It's just, does Drew Petzing actually do what he, you know, saw in Cleveland? Yeah, and I, I just look at, like, again, what Conner's production's been the last two seasons. He's at 752 and then 782 rushing yards. He hasn't broken – so he had 15 rushing touchdowns. It's not going to happen again. And then last, you know, the year before, he had a ton of uh, passing work. And so that could happen more, but it's just are those things going to happen? Um, as far as the other running backs, we had a couple we want to talk about. I think Joe Mixon's one that people left for dead and that people need to you know bring him back up. Um, he is a player that can go away at times. Um, very similar to Aaron Jones, um, where like you get these boom bust production, but at the end of the season that they end up, you know, you're like, oh man, this is RB RB nine. Um, but Joe Mixon's on one of the best offenses in football, and he is the RB one, and there there's no Samaji Piran behind him, and, and so we don't really don't know who's going to be the second running back there and how they're going to utilize that. But this could be the last year of his deal, and they could run him to the ground. And if he gets a lot of work at the current price, I mean, you're getting a, a very good value on, on Joe Mixon. He's yeah, there, there are some that are – he's pretty expensive, and there's other ones there, – there's a pretty wide variety here. So let's go through a couple of them. Joe Mixon and Kenny Pickett or Jonathan Taylor? 
Mm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yep, I'm John. I'm JT on that side. Jordan Love and Joe Mixon, or Tyler Lockett and Chris Olave. Olave. Yep. So it's starting to get a little pricey if you look at those. But then you've got stuff like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon for Zeke and George Kittle. Yeah. I'm Even in it. tight end premium. Yeah, right? I'm taking the other side. But you're looking at the ADP. You've got the, Jones and Mixon are back-to-back. But you're looking at, like, Devin, Devin A-Chain is right there after Joe Mixon. Isaiah Pacheco um, is right there below Joe Mixon. You know, these guys, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And so I'd much rather have Joe Mixon than, than some of those players. And he's going in the, you know, the fifth, sixth round. And so he's most likely your RB2 or three. I mean, he's got top five upside this season. With no Samaj P. Ryan there, like that, that is well within the realm of possibility. So, so um, did you want to talk about Aaron Jones at all? Uh, I mean, it's a very similar situation, right? He's a guy that's, he's older. People are forgetting about him. The situation's changing a little bit for him, but he's a pass catching guy. And I, you know, my perception of the Green Bay Packers is that they're kind of getting fed up with A.J. Dillon. They're not, they're not getting the production that they thought they were going to get out of him. So I do think they continue to kind of lean on Aaron Jones He's going to have the volume, both rushing and receiving. I do think that offense is still going to be able to score, so I think the opportunities are going to be there for him. And at his price right now, it's pretty freaking unbelievable. So, like, if I look at these guys, Aaron Jones is currently RB21 going behind Damian Pierce, right? Well, we've talked about Damian Pierce, fourth-round running back, new head coach, rookie quarterback, is he going to have any longevity at all? Right. I don't think so. I just don't, I don't know that he has any longer of a career from this point forward than Aaron Jones does, to be honest. And Aaron Jones's upside is significantly higher than Damian Pierce. Do you, would you rather have Aaron Jones or Cam Akers? I think that's now you're starting to get into the ADP game of, yeah, well, yeah, Aaron Jones is a couple spots higher than Cam Akers, but do you trust Sean McVay and Cam Akers, that relationship, the situation. Where are you at with that one? It's tough. I'm I'm probably not as high as Aaron on Aaron Jones as you are. Uh, for me, it just comes down to consistency. Um, and he's just a player that you know is end of the year stats are great. I think he's been top ten like four out of the last five years. Um, but he just he has a lot of games where he just goes away, and so Cam Akers. I, yeah, I mean, look it up. I mean, I, I just, Cam Akers, I don't, it's going to be a bad offense. I mean, I think the big difference between those two and Joe Mixon is Joe Mixon's on a great offense. And I think that the Rams and the Packers are going to be some of the lower offenses in the league. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, he's got 1,100 yards, 59 catches. Like, yeah, I'm looking at PFF. I mean, I can pull it up on, we we can yeah we can definitely dive into to that I, yeah, I think that might, uh, that might be a good that might be a good podcast in general right hey what's what's the truth about some of these players and base it on fantasy finish versus maybe consistency or something like that so yeah and, and I think we do have some consistency rankings we're working on Adams working on that for us yeah so uh, as far as receivers I saw Keenan Allen on the board and so. Keenan Allen, I think, is is someone – he was wide receiver four when he came back from injury last year. He's got Justin Herbert, who's who was dealing with a shoulder and rib injury. The left tackle's back, who had a torn bicep last year. I just think there's a lot of things that point to Keenan Allen having a great season this year. And because of his age and because of dynasty value, you can get him fairly cheap. And so you're telling me that he's going after James Conner and A.J. Dillon? Sign me up. I mean, this is – you can go and get your youth and go get, say, Flowers or Quentin Johnston and then get Keenan Allen on top of it, and he's your bridge. Like, Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be a stud this year. Um, he's he's shown that he hasn't lost a step. And, uh, yeah, he probably is not going to – 
be able to sustain that for multiple years. But this year, I think he's going to be a stud. And I think you can get him for, you know, get him for a second round pick or a 25 first. All right. So let's let's look at a few of these. Would you rather have Keenan Allen and a 24 first or DJ Moore? Keenan Allen and a 24 first or DJ Moore? Yep. Keenan Allen. I'm not a DJ Moore guy. Okay. That's fair. I've never been either. I'm starting to come around a little bit, but I, I still lean the Allen and a 24 first. Uh, Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins. Or the 108. So you're basically looking at Quentin Johnston. Yep. And uh, who's the other piece? Maybe Charbonnet and Hopkins. Yeah. Um, I'm saying I'm sticking with Keenan Allen. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So you 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 like him? Yeah, a actually, I'll take that back because the 108 I could trade for more than Keenan Allen. So. Okay. But I'd say Keenan Allen's worth a, a, a early second. Okay. All right. Let's do one more. Since you like the early second, this has a player, the second and a player that I like. So Keenan Allen or Cedric Tillman in a 24 second. Keenan Allen. Hmm. Damn. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Because I'm definitely projecting Cedric Tillman. That's for sure. That, that's a second and a third. Yeah. yeah. All right. There so another player um, that I think that's really, you know, that's really shown to be pretty consistent lately. And I understand JSN is there. So, hey, I, I'm sorry. Real quick for, for the Keenan Allen thing. Um, do you have any concern or are you all in on Kellen Moore and the addition of Quentin Johnston? So those things together do you think there's enough volume to support three? Do you think because Quentin Johnston is a rookie, he's going to get minimal anyway? Like, where are you? Where's your feelings on how that offense is going to turn out? Is is Keenan Allen going to be able to get 10, 11, 12 targets a game like he was when he came back last season? Which was also, for context, when Mike Williams was out. Yeah, I mean, uh, Justin Herbert threw twice uh, – Twice as much. He was second highest passing volume last year. The problem was is the volume was 6.7 yards per attempt because he had to protect himself in his ribs. So the volume was kind of not quality volume. So when I look at it, um, you look at Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton and all the, the production that, that went to those guys as far as just targets in general, McKinnon Allen missed some time. And so – Mike Williams, he's always missed time. And so he's probably got four or five games scheduled out this year. And so um, I just don't think Quentin Johnston, the type of player he is, I don't think he comes in and, and, and demands a, you know, a 15, 20% target share. I still think that Keenan Allen can have, you know, a 25% target share in this offense. Fair enough. All right. And we want to, uh, I think uh, Tyler Lockett's an interesting conversation with JSN coming in. You could get him for for pretty cheap these days. Yeah, let's look at let's look at just one good trade here for Tyler Lockett. We've he's been mentioned in a couple trades already, uh, but they were kind of package deals. We talked about the Lockett and Alave for Love and Mixon. Um, I mean, he's he's cheap. Tyler Lockett for and a second for Elijah Moore. So I know you don't like the positional changes, but here you're going from much older to much younger, and you're adding a second. So it makes a little bit of sense depending on your situation. Yeah, that, that that makes. I just don't. It's like a rankings whenever it's like this player or that player. Yeah, when you're talking about adding picks to it, it. It that like that adds some difference to it, and um, I would take the Elijah Moore side on that if you're getting Elijah Moore and a second. Because nope, I'm pretty, it's Tyler Lockett and a second or Elijah, Elijah Moore. Moore. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Elijah. I like the Elijah Moore side. I think he's gonna have a really good year this year, um, and I have him ranked higher than Tyler Lockett. And I think a second would be enough to make me do it. All right, I'm gonna put you in your situation. You said you don't like Christian Kirk or Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, I have Christian Kirk higher in my rankings because he's just a younger player. Yeah, I mean, he's younger. And, I mean, you could 
people will argue Tyler Lockett is the one, but he's not. DK is the alpha. Calvin Ridley is the alpha in Jacksonville. So you're looking at two twos regardless. So take the, I think you're looking at maybe similar production in the grand scheme of things. I just trust Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson a little bit more than I do Geno. So I'd, I'd lean that Christian Kirk side also. Yep. And I hope my rankings support that. <laughs> yep. Let's uh, look at some tight ends. Uh, Tyler Higby. That's much, my guy. That, how much does Higby cost? I just drafted him. That That's my guy right now. I mean, people still don't appreciate the target volume that this guy gets in L.A.'s offense. Their receiving game didn't really change any. They still just have Cooper Cup, Skornak, uh, Van Jefferson, they don't really. They they didn't really add a whole lot. Hey, there. Twitter is not going to like that you're not bringing up Puka Nakua right now. I'm sorry, Puka Nakua, who will be the fourth option. <laughs> so, we'll see. <laughs> so, so the problem is people just don't recognize it. So you're not really getting if you're the Higby owner and you're trying to get out of a 30 year old tight end, you're not going to get much. But on the flip side, you can get him fairly cheap. So, would you rather have Tyler Higby or John Mechie? Uh, I'll take Higby um, just because I think that, you know, Mechie's in that, like, dime a dozen, Jacoby Myers kind of a, a player where, like, I like I like him. But there's so many wide receiver threes out there. And so, um, there's not a lot of tight ends that are in that 10, you know, 10 to 15 range. And I think Higby can be in that range this year. I don't know if he sustains it and who knows, maybe he's not in the Rams next year because they talked about possibly trading him last year, but this year I think he's going to be the number two target most likely in that offense, you know, him and Van Jefferson. And uh, you saw last year is PPR machine. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of situation. This one is a roster slash team dependent thing for me. Cause I am very high on Mechie while yes, you could say it's a dime a dozen. The situation in Houston is up for grabs, right? You've got 30 plus year old Robert Woods. You've got Nico Collins who has flashed, but not really. And not, you know, what is he? You don't really know. And that, and then Dalton Schultz, and you don't really have much around there where John Mechie could end up being the number one for that offense. So I like the upside of that over Higby right now, who we know is the number two option uh, at best in LA. However, when you can get Higby for a couple thirds in 2024, I'm going to smash that deal to put Tyler Higby in my tight end spot. If I can move Tyler Higby or if I can move Paris Campbell, as much as I have loved Paris Campbell, I just don't, there's too much going on there. I'm going to go with the Tyler Higby side of there if I can move that to get some for sure production. So do you feel any differently about those two trades than I do there? No, I, I'm fine. Totally fine with those moves. Right. Um, Dalton Schultz, I mean, I think if you look at the ADP, I mean, you're getting him at the same spot like, him and Jaden Reed, I'd prefer Jaden Reed. Dalton Schultz or Rondell Moore, give me Schultz. Chase Brown, give me Schultz. Romeo Dobbs, give me give me Schultz. Josh Downs, give me Schultz. Greg Dolchik, give me Dolchik. Um, but that's the situation you're at right here with this guy where, like, and what is Marvin Mims doing all the way down there? Um, I feel like Whoa. I feel like Schultz could definitely be the, you know, he, he could compete for the top target, but he's also on a one-year deal. We don't know where he goes next year, and he didn't have a market. And so I do have a little concern about him not having a market and what the long-term value is with Schultz. Um, but he's a young tight end, and he's been what most of these tight ends haven't been, a top-five tight end. And he's been a top-ten tight end twice. Yep, yep. So there's a, there's a couple good trades here that I think might put into perspective where you're at a little bit more and – because I'm, I'm pretty high on Schultz, again, because of the situation. He could be the top target getter uh, in Houston between him and him and Messi when he would talk about it. But would you rather have Dalton Schultz or Rashad Bateman? Oh, man. Um, 
that's it. Rashad Bateman's that's so sad because he's been so good, but I just don't know. We just don't know what he's going to be. Yeah. And so um, I think I'd still prefer to take the the shot on Bateman, but um, I don't feel comfortable about it. I would definitely take the shot on Bateman. I mean, the stats talk for themselves when he's healthy and on the field. His yards per route run is elite. His yards per catch is elite. Like, he looked really good when healthy last season, early in the season, with Lamar Jackson. Now, anybody who's going to tell me that a rookie wide receiver and a 31-year-old guy who missed an entire season because of an ACL is going to take a bunch of targets away from Rashad Bateman, I'm not buying that. Now, he's still the number two option at best behind Mark Andrews. I get that. But I just – Dalton Schultz needs volume and needs touchdowns. And can we trust that Houston is going to get both of those things for him to be of of true relevance or what we've been used to over the last couple of years? I don't know. So I'd take the upside of Bateman. Yeah, I think one thing people forget about, like with these offenses, is that they have to stay on the field. And so you look at offenses and you say, they got a really bad defense. They're just going to magically score a lot of, of fantasy points. They got to stay on the field and sustain plays to actually be able to put up like more than 50 plays in a game. And so like you look at the teams that are the highest scoring teams in the league, they typically run the most plays. And you you know, yes, of course, you have Patrick Mahomes sometimes this three play touchdown, three play touchdown. But a lot of times like the the time of possession is is not necessarily what I'm looking for. I'm looking for how many plays did that offense run? And you want to see teams that are running a lot of plays. And I think that's what we're excited about with the Ravens. It's not that Lamar Jackson is going to run a pro-style offense. It's that Lamar Jackson is going to run more no huddle, and he's going to have a faster-paced offense versus that they were like sloths. I mean, the Ravens were in the top, the bottom 10 in pace, pace of play like the last 10 years. And so you're going to see a more faster pace, meaning more opportunities, more more stuff like that. And, and Lamar Jackson might end up scrambling more because he's throwing more. But um, I don't necessarily think they're going to you know try to throw the ball so much more. It's just more more plays equals more throwing plays. Yeah, um, sure. And then you look at the Texans. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. It may be a version of the Shanahan offense is what we're expecting. And I think Stroud's a good fit for that. I think you look at Schultz and you say, okay, George Kittle, that could be great. <coughs> we have to see. And Schultz is not someone that does a lot of damage after the catch like a George Kittle. Right. He's more of a George, you know, like a Jason Witten type where he's touchdowns and catch the ball, you know, catch the ball third down and he needs that, needs that volume. So, well, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Again, some of our, just to recap some of our trade targets, um, Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Talked a little bit about Jared Goff, who's a little bit more expensive because of the age. Um, I also want to throw in one that we didn't talk about. I think Ryan Tannehill is basically free, and if he sucks, he sucks. But you're not going to have to pay for it. I mean, you could basically get him for like a future second or like maybe even a couple thirds. People are out on him, yep. and like especially if you have Will Levis, go grab him. But DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, and then he's got um, Kyle Phillips. He's got Derrick Henry. It's not a bad situation. Chig Conquo, running backs, talked about Derrick Henry as potential. He was a little bit more expensive than I thought. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, <coughs> um, Keenan Allen. Go ahead. James Conner we talked about. Yep, James Conner as a target. Um, Keenan Allen was super cheap. Tyler Lockett was even cheaper. Um we didn't talk about uh, DJ Chark, uh, but DJ Chark is someone. And Chark also didn't have a market this offseason, but he's yep. another player that could be off to some new spot next year. And you go buy him now, he has a decent year for you. Next thing you know, gets a big contract and he's on the Chiefs next year or another one of these teams and go, okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, he could be that in-season sell too, right? And. I mean, maybe he actually signs a long-term deal with Caroline and Bryce Young has something. Tyler Higby, <coughs> Dalton Schultz, and Gerald Everett. 
Anything else before we go? No, man, I'm good. Voice is drying out. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, um, we're going to see you guys at the expo. Appreciate you hanging out. As always, um, make sure that you hit that good button. And good luck this season. Cheers.